Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir? Full White Castle. End of story. Oh, that means I'm way too close to you right now. But I will suffer through it for the sake of art. And and art is really what we're here to talk about today, isn't it? Art Vandalay? No, not quite. Okay. Not Art Deco. Uh, we are talking about the art of music, specifically the art of the cover song. We're going to talk about our favorites, our top 10 cover songs. Now, top 10 is probably a bit of a loose uh, definition here. I know I put mine basically in a top 10 format and, and least favorite to most favorite, but at least with my list, they're so sh- barely separated. It's, it's kind of hard to really put in that order. A collection of 10 covers that we enjoy Yeah, that may be our favorites, but maybe if you sit down for another 17 hours and look through the hundreds of thousands of covers, there might be more that we would think are better in future episodes. So I think that's how we can approach it. I just have a list and I don't have a ranking necessarily from one to 10, so I can still get a rough estimate of, I probably like this one the best. And we will probably come back to this uh, topic at some point. I, I think it would be fun to get some some exterior opinions, maybe some of our friends of the show to come on and tell us what they think their favorite episodes, episodes, hmm, yes, those two, their favorite songs are, and uh, kind of go from that point. But we will take, of course, a small break uh, at, at one point to talk a little bit about some of the fantastic uh, social media that we have. And then we'll, of course... Uh, probably have a, a few shout outs, some some songs that didn't quite make it onto the top 10 list. And then uh, we'll finish up and hope to hear some of your opinions and ideas uh, come back to us. We don't get a lot of opinions, do we? No, no, not a lot of a response out on the social media. I, I, I tend to think of myself as a bit of a pariah. <laughs> That's okay. You know, a lot of people have uh, other things to do with their time. So uh, responding to our lists, probably not a priority. But you know what? If you do have some time and you want to throw in a song that you know that we miss because we're going to miss all of them, uh, that would be cool, I feel like. You know, I think I'm going to target this. I'm going to, you know, give it uh, a little link to some people. When it comes out, some of our friends like, hey, you, specifically you, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see what happens give me a song maybe we can collect the top 10 submissions into our own little oh, category that'd be fun that'd be a lot of fun okay well let's start at the bottom of the list which is also the middle and the top of your list richard give us your first choice on your top 10 in this scientific scratched out piece of paper that i have right here um I can go. Yeah, I could just go backwards from what's at the bottom of this list. Um, I had to make an, a, an adjustment when I got here because I was actually listening to a cover when I was on the way here. I was like, oh, my gosh, how could I have forgotten about this one? And uh, I actually chose a cover by Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. And it is a song. That, they have an album. It's called Renegades, and it's just all covers. Right. Uh, but my favorite on there, and there's others on there that, are on my there's another one on there that's on my um honorable mention let's call it but i chose a uh, pistol grip pump now who's the original artist on that um 
one that you've definitely heard of, Volume 10. Uh, I, I've definitely at least seen that at some point. <laughs> so, yes, I'm not familiar exactly with the work of that artist, but this song is, as it's covered, really awesome. And the album itself has got a lot of great covers on it, but I enjoyed this one the most out of that album. Kind of the standard uh, Rage Against the Machine sound on this one. I feel like most of those are like that. Although, if you listen to the album, there are a few exceptions. But this one's got that strong, you know, it's got that strong guitar flavor to it. The bass lines that go like in your typical Rage Against the Machine song. But there's a little bit of extra in there. like it Because it has a little bit more of that hip-hop vibe mixed in with it than what you'd, I guess normally get on a rage against machine song so yeah it's a little bit different a little bit uh a little bit i don't know i mean maybe that's why i like it so much is because it has a little bit more of that bass and hip-hop flavor to it Hmm. it's hard to go wrong with a little rage against the machine in fact one of my honorable mentions kind of has to do with rage against the machine but not them covering somebody but somebody covering them um okay well my number 10 um I also have a sheet of paper. Uh, we are high tech here. <laughs> Everybody loves pudding. Yours is typed. Yes, yes, typed and and collated. Uh, the song is "It's Oh So Quiet" by Bjork. Uh, this is a cover uh, of a song by Betty Hutton from 1951. So, uh, one of the things that really strikes me about cover songs that that I absolutely love it's you know, uh, whatever band or artists homage, sometimes they're trying to replicate. Sometimes they're trying to reinvent or just put a little different spin on it. A lot of times as a listener, we don't know a song is a cover. Um, there's just so much music. It's hard to know sometimes if a, a song is original or not, unless you go looking for it. This is one of those instance, uh, instances where I, I listened to a lot of Bjork when I was younger and I always liked this song Never knew it was a cover until somewhat recently uh, when I heard the original. It's like, hold on just a moment. Um, so uh, this particular song is so much fun because it plays with volume levels. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So anything, when it goes from a very quiet, lilting song to just kind of full volume, big band sound. And that was kind of the way the original was, too. So Bjork didn't really reinvent this song in any way, shape, or form. It, it's very reminiscent of the original. But it, bringing back this gem that, if it wasn't for her, I would never have heard. And I really love this song. You have spoken in the past on your um, admiration for Bjork and the music that she does. So yeah. it does not surprise me at all that one of the her songs would be on this list yeah it almost got edged out because like i said there are about 15 others that were just like oh this is so good too how can i not include this other song but it's i also tried to this time do something that would be different from my other lists where mine will not be yours for the most part so we should have different songs i think yeah i feel like that's probably going to be the case <laughs> well let's move on to number nine one of Ken's favorite bands. Oh, no. One of Ken's favorite vocalists, too. Yeah, I know it's coming. We're not talking about Guar, although they have done some really good covers. They have a, a cover of a Kansas song, if you 
way, there's a wayward son. But that's not on the list. Yeah. So um, I chose Guns N' Roses. Oh. And uh, I they have a few, but I did. What, November Rain? No, I did Live and Let Die. Oh, right. Nice. Which is originally a Red Bull song. I mean a Paul McCartney song. I mean a Wings song. <laughs> and this one, I, I, I really like the original song. Right. So I think one of the things when we talk about some of these covers is, is this better? Is it worse? And honestly, this may be worse than the original, but it's still a good cover to me. Um, I know there's a lot of um, Guns N' Roses songs in soundtracks and movies and bits and pieces, and they're a little bit of everywhere. All of the time. As they got through, like, Appetite for Destruction, those songs were overplayed. Even on the radio at the time, you couldn't really overplay, but you could. Take me down to Paradise City. Like the, There's a lot of things, but then when you got to the Use Your Illusions collections, um, I, I don't know, they, they hold a special place in my heart, even though they may not be my favorite albums. I really enjoy listening to both of them, mm-hmm. and I'll waver between one or the other as to which one I enjoy listening to at the time. But... This one is just a good song, and it happens to be a cover of another good song by a good band, good artist. That's all. I actually never really hated Guns N' Roses. They're 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 all right. Um, not the biggest fan of Axl Rose's voice, um, and I think it speaks to the quality of the song that even <laughs> even his voice could not ruin it. <laughs> Axl Rose, where is he from? I, I, I don't want to admit that. So, moving on. <laughs> All right. So, my number nine, I think this is going to be maybe the only song that we're going to intersect on our lists because I don't think there is any way to not have this particular song on a top ten list of cover songs. If you don't, either you've never heard it or I question your musical taste <laughs> greatly. Uh, and we're going to go with Johnny Cash, Hurt, uh, cover from a Nine Inch Nails song. Um, the original Nine Inch Nails, uh, you know, like so much of Nine Inch uh, Nails, is going to be very industrial and very produced. And it's got a, a kind of an eerie feel, and it's a great song. But Johnny Cash just took it and stripped it down and invested emotion in it in a way that the original just didn't have. And it's it's hard to listen to sometimes just because it, it resonates. And, you know, I, I've always been a fan, I mentioned of being a fan of tearjerkers. I'm like that with songs, too, because it reminds me of certain things that uh, that would produce a, a, that kind of a, a emotional reaction. And just it's, it's, it's a great song. There is a, I want to say a three-episode segment that more pertains to Dr. Dre. And I think it's on HBO. I I think that's where it's at. And it's just kind of like his progression through, you know, coming up and becoming a billionaire, effectively. But it's a lot about the music industry. And there's definitely a chunk in there that 
uh, is about Trent Reznor. And mm. I thought that little section was kind of interesting in what Dr. Dre was looking for in terms of quality, like what people can do. And Trent Reznor can do everything. Yeah, he's, everything. he's really talented. Of course, we're not talking about Trent Reznor, but we're talking about his song, at least. But that's a lot of times what it is. The song had to have resonated with the artist that made the cover. So no, you know that they thought it was good, at the very least, at least more often than not. Correct. And you're right, the intersection. <laughs> Close. Uh, okay, so I'll move on to the next episode here. Uh, okay, so I, I went broad on this category, but specific at the same time. All right. So we mentioned, for example, Rage Against the Machine did an album of covers. Actually, a lot of artists do that. Oh, yeah. It's a very common thing. Um, one of my favorite bands and artists, Primus, Les Claypool, they've done multiple of those. And none of the songs made my list, unfortunately. But I still enjoy the albums, and I own them, of course. But I have on here an album by Metallica. Oh. Uh, they did Garage, Garage Days, Garage Inc., Garage... Well, Garage Days, Revisited, Re-Revisited. Re-Revisited. And then Inc. Inc., which incorporated all of those and so much more. Yes. And there's a lot of songs on there that are actually really good. There's some surprising songs that are on there. But I'll focus more on the Garage Days because that five, that five song little chunk is really good. There's super good. There's good songs on there. But I picked out the Small Hours as my favorite from that one. That one is super good. And uh, that is by a band called Holocaust. And I know nothing else about the rest of their music. I just know that I like that song and I like how Metallica performed that song on that album but if you go to that garage inc album there's a lot of eh, there's a lot of um they, they were at the point where they were they would do a lot of things and they could make money and they could put a lot of music videos out for things and not that those songs were bad but they're not what you'd want in metallica necessarily if you're an old school fan that's why the garage days album is when they were just young pups right yeah. with their long hair and they weren't commercially popular, but they just shredded. And that's why I picked that song from that album. Yeah. We got near intersection. I will also be picking a Metallica song at some point here, but uh, uh, I will have to make this one statement um, in my research for this, as I'm reminding myself of all these different great cover songs, I would see list after list that would choose a specific Metallica cover that I just went, that's the one you chose out of all of their covers that are so phenomenal. You choose the one that's actually awful. How is that whiskey in a jar? I kept seeing that one over and over again. It's like the original is a hundred times better than their. Ver I love Metallica. I, it's just not great. It's it's, it changes the tone of it in the wrong kind of way. And it doesn't fit their style all that well. Oh, I'm pretty sure they have a. Do they have a? They have a music video for that one, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. So that gives you any indication right there. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> not not to not to poo poo on anything, uh, but uh, let's move on to a cover that a lot of people don't realize is a cover. Um, it kind of, in a way, 
intersects a little with the t-shirt the that I'm wearing, which if you're watching the video, uh, I did a recent uh, trip to Memphis and got to visit a couple of music studios that have some historic uh, significance. But uh, uh, I also was able to go by a, a specific home uh, of an artist. Uh, so um, Aretha Franklin, Respect, originally by Otis Redding. It's iconic, that song. There, there is almost uh, no one that doesn't know it, regardless of how old you are, uh, because that song came out a long time ago, but it's been in so many things because her voice is phenomenal. The changes she made to the original song were just inspired, and Otis, can he was a hell of a writer to begin with. Um, and it's just... It's all good. I mean, I I can hear it always playing through in my mind. Anytime I just see the word respect, that song plays. And you know how to spell it. <laughs> That's the part she added. For a second there, I thought you were going to do some type of Elvis song, which was like, you're not exactly a huge Elvis fan. And he no. covered, like, a ton of his songs are covers. Um, Blue standards. Yes. That just he made popular because... He was not uh, of a certain persuasion. And he could swing his hips on TV without too many people fainting. Anyway. Right. But yeah, a lot of a lot of his songs and where he got his music from was tons of other artists. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I, I love I love Aretha Franklin. She's she's awesome. Uh, there's just not much more to it. Uh and if you haven't heard the original, the original is interesting too. Uh, it, it, I mean, again, it's a good song, so it's good, but she just made it fantastic. What's your next song? Respect, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Seriously? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I thought I had. Mm, grr. Well, I guess we don't really have to talk too much more of that. Why do you like that song? <laughs> Well, I think one of the things that you had mentioned is not really many people realize that it is a cover. And there's there, there's tons of songs that are like that. But this one's just, it's got a little bit of everything. And I, I feel like, of course, Aretha Franklin comes through strong, but you have all the background vocals. You just have like the clean music. It just, it's just an awesome song. And then if you do research on it, you're like, wow, this was this was someone else's song before? That was it's a cover? Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. That's all you got. Pretty slick. All right. Well then let's move up to my next one, which is the Metallica song that I mentioned just earlier. Um, it was not on Garage Days. It was Garage Days Revisited, I believe, that this one was off of. And it's Stone Cold Crazy, originally by Queen which that original song is just phenomenal to begin with. It's got great harmony and it's got a, a fantastic rhythm to it. And it's just, you know, a nice bit of uh, a pumping song. And then Metallica puts that heavy metal just crunch into it. And it lends itself to uh, expletives uh, quite nicely in live performances, <laughs> which I thought was rather amusing. Uh, but just... Uh, you wouldn't think that it would work. At least I wouldn't have thought it when I heard Queen initially. And that, but man, it's one of my favorite ones that they do. It, when you hear that song, it just fits as a 
Metallica song. Like if you just didn't know that it was a cover at all, you're like, yeah, that that fits like an, an earlier Metallica model of a song. Yeah, that's good. And then you're right and you're like, wow, Queen. Okay. And then you go and listen to the Queen song. Of course, the Queen song's good. So it's just a nice interpretation of an already good song, just in the flow and the style of the artist and not quite the way that you would expect it to be so good. And it's just, it, it's really smooth. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. All right, now I'm confident that I, I didn't hit another of yours. So you're number seven. Johnny Cash. <laughs> But I chose Rusty Cage. Oh, okay. Whew. Ah. <laughs> They're obviously both of the songs are good, but I just had right. to, I had to tip the scales because this is from one of my favorite bands from my favorite album from that band. So that's why I had to go with this one instead of Hurt. And they're both good. Oh, yeah. So I... I think when you listen to a lot of those Johnny Cash songs from when he was the most popular, when he was in his heyday, of course they're good and they have their own flavor and their own sense. But when this album came out, like it's just, it's like a whole different set of meat and potatoes when you come to these covers. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, And like I said, since it's from a Soundgarden song, I had to put this one on my list. And he has uh, he has swagger in the song. I mean, he's always had swagger. Uh, Johnny Cash was kind of known for that, but it, it just kind of lends itself. Uh, if you're not going to have the heavy instrumentation behind it, it's just he sounds like he's supposed to be singing this song, which is really kind of interesting. That's true. You know the the lyrics, the flow. Where where Rusty Cage is just like. When you put on the Bad Motor Finger album, and that's the first song that comes on, and it's just so quick and hard and fast, and the vocals are just great, and everything's great about it. And this is just a completely different direction, yeah. but it works and it makes sense. Yeah, too much fun. Um, all right, so next on my list is a song that has been covered many, many times by many people. And in fact, I think I saw this song on some other people's lists uh, with a Miley Cyrus cover of it, which I don't think is as good as as this one. But uh, I'm going to go with Landslide, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, original artist is who? Miley. No! I'm kidding, of course. I saw that on uh, a lot of lists as well. I'm like, oh... No, thank you. But I, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know, Stevie Nicks and company were so good in their writing and their performance. And so, I mean, that song to begin with just has an emotional impact, which is just really great. Uh, but then to have that kind of, um, you know, this was the time, this is towards, I mean, what's maybe maybe towards the end of the alternative era uh, or getting towards the end at the very least. But it, it was able to bring it into the modern day from a band that you would n- not really think would do uh, 
a cover. And if they did a cover, you wouldn't think they would do a cover that was faithful to the original tone. And they did. And it was great. And I just, so that, that, that always sticks with me. I mean, there are a lot of really good covers and truthfully, Miley Cyrus's cover is not bad. I, I just don't think it's as good as the Smashing Pumpkins cover. Well, I don't really enjoy the Smashing Pumpkins, so <laughs> I couldn't identify the cover very well for you in terms of the quality of it, but I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, I, I think it's like what we talked about earlier. The main song was so good, even if you don't like the artist that covers it, it's hard to hard to take that away from the original. Don't mess it up. So, numero uh, seis. No, I think we've already done five. Have we already done five? One. Cuatro. Cinco was five. Seis is six. Six. Seis. Because I just did six. But I started. Oh, right. Cinco. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell it's late? (laughs) Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. That was just... Yesterday, no, it was months ago. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. I got a Red Hot Chili Peppers song here. Ah, I kind of thought this might make it onto your list. Uh, Higher Ground Yep. Uh, by Stevie Wonder. Um, when I look at the remaining songs that are on my list, all of them are from... The songs may be more modern, maybe not, but the artists and the originals from them are much older. Um. This particular song, I don't know. I, I like the original. The original is probably, if not my favorite, one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs. Such a great song. For sure. And this one lends itself well to kind of that funk style that you would get from at least the early Chili Peppers. And it still has a rock flavor to it. Um and maybe I'm ragging on a little bit here, but definitely early Chili Peppers were way better than current Chili Peppers. I would agree with that. I, I don't know. I was actually listening to um, One Hot Minute, and I feel, I feel like a lot of people trash that album and don't really like that album too much. Okay. Um, I don't like um, Navarro as the guitarist on that one. But I feel like their stretch run where they had um, basically everything before up to and, and before Californication were just some of the best of their albums, of the best of their music. Yeah. And this song came from that era of them creating and performing songs. So I like to listen to this one. It's made it onto, was it on a soundtrack? I can't remember. I would expect so. Anywho. It's one of my favorites from the Chili Peppers. Definitely, definitely. Um, how about we go to something just a little bit older? Um, a lot of people would not think of this band as a band that would do cover songs, but uh, they did, because <laughs> what band doesn't? They just think, oh, everything was original. They wrote everything. Well, no, not, not this particular song, but it's maybe, if it's not their most popular, it's m- one of the more played songs from them i'm going to go with the beatles twist and shout originally by the isley brothers um if you've heard the original isley brothers it's got a bit of a different sound and it's 
one of those instances where I think uh, the band that covered it was definitely better. I don't think necessarily because, you know, they're a better band, but I'm just thinking from in terms of recording equipment quality and things like that. I, I think if, if uh, the Isley Brothers had originally had that kind of level of production value, theirs would have been basically the same. But That song is on my honorable mentions list. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, it's iconic. You think of that song and you think about the best actor that has ever lived in one of the most iconic movies on, on a float going through Chicago. Uh, Ferris Bueller, you know, <laughs> Matthew Broderick <laughs> comes to mind every time I hear that song. <laughs> well, aren't they going to redo that movie? Did I hear that's in the works? I wouldn't be surprised. Because I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard thing. to make it better. So, <laughs> No. Oh, you know, they can bring him in and have him be the principal. Hmm. That could be fun. Or ruin the movie, whichever one, you know. Ah, could never happen. It's too good. Now, one other thing that can never ruin uh, a production is uh, talking about all of the awesome social media associated with that production, right? Nothing could go wrong (laughs) with talking about that. Especially the one that we're going to insert now. Right. When we discuss, you know, what it would cost per, you know, month. Month or whatever. (laughs) Don't forget, Pudding People, to catch us on all of our social media to keep up to date with what's going on in the world of pudding. Where are you most active, Richard? Well, you could see some of my activity on our Instagram account. Would that happen to be at Pudding Guys? That one would, yes. Amazing. You know what? That is also our Facebook so you can about once a month <laughs> see, see if you're lucky. Something. If you're lucky, we'll post something on Facebook. We're probably most most on Twitter at Real Pudding Guys, but of course you can catch us on Patreon as Pudding Guys. That's right. Where for just one dollar a day, you can support us as we bring you new interviews, new material, new stuff to make our interviews and material look better. It's just fantastic for only a dollar a month. Hey, Paul, a dollar's not a lot. No, it's, not really. It really isn't. That's actually $12 over the course of a year. Right. Small change to help the pudding guys keep going. All right. We are back. Are you ready? I am ready for the remainder of the list and some honorable mentions. That's right. So let's get into number four. This one may surprise you. I, I'm looking forward to it. I love surprises. Um, I've got Whitney Houston on here. Oh. Uh, <sighs> I, okay, so this song has its weaknesses. It has its strengths. Strength. It's a Dolly Parton song weakness it's kind of sappy overplayed that's the problem it's just overplayed but it holds a special place in my heart from a visit long ago in la mexique Uh and that's a story for another time but um 
I mean, the song's not bad, and I feel like it gained so much popularity at the time. And people may not know that it was actually uh, a cover. And and it was a Dolly Parton song. Yeah. That is very interesting, I think. Dolly Parton wrote some pretty awesome stuff. She she gave her uh, songwriting, uh, songwriting assistance to, to a lot of people. That's correct. Obviously, she was, she's been a performer and has done a lot of things, but she's got a, a, a sharp pen, let's call it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was a solid song. It it easily showed Whitney Houston's uh, vocal range and power, and that's why it got played so much. That's the only reason I ended up not liking it because, like, I have already heard this today fifteen times. You need to stop playing this song. <laughs> it might be played at engagements, at weddings. You never know. It could be played literally everywhere that you go wasn't that in spider-man uh, the the spider-man sequel um far from home or because they did that video montage where oh <laughs> yes at the beginning like right at the beginning of the movie yes yeah you can't get away from it it's everywhere even in current movies yes i figured it'd be a funny addition to the list so yeah. it's on there no definitely that's a good one there was no chance that i was going to have that on my list even even if i have to acknowledge how excellent that song is um here's another one that i expect will not be on your list um the song is called feeling good uh by muse it's a cover of a broadway song <laughs> by anthony newley and leslie Bercuse. From the musical uh, The Roar of the Grease Paint. And it has been covered many, many, many times by a lot of bands. And the Muse cover is by far my favorite uh, of all of them. It's It takes a, a very strong theater song and puts kind of this techno, not even techno, it's, it's just this kind of distortion-laden heaviness to it that was just really really cool I, I i absolutely think you should go out and listen to that absolutely right now you can pause the podcast go listen to the song fantastic and there's a possibility that you may have already heard that before but never realized that it was muse or never realized that it was a cover at, or, or both yeah i mean just it's, it's crazy and uh if you watched america's got talent there was uh somebody at one point that used that uh as the song that they got voted out or <laughs> buzzed out on it was kind of kind of sad it's like oh you you did an honorary thing for this really good and yours isn't good so no oh (laughs) you tried yeah yeah, that's the important thing get out of here all right well let's move on to number three okay so nirvana nice they've done a lot of covers um they did an um, an unplugged album, which a good portion of those were covers. Yep. And I chose, uh, because I like David Bowie, I chose the David Bowie song <laughs> off of there, uh, which is The Man Who Sold the World. That one's on my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's, if you, if you listen to a lot of the grunge era types, and of course Nirvana has their fame for a lot of reasons and when you when you talk about overplayed or overcredited you know nirvana was the one band that really broke the grunge scene our 
one of you know our favorite eras of all time right. into the mainstream. And I think between the two of us, we listened to a lot of Nirvana. Yeah, they didn't end up being one of our favorite bands from the era, but I can tell you, I've got almost every single Nirvana album, and Unplugged is the best, the best for sure. And the the others are great, actually. One of insecticides really strong. That's that's my what's one one b or one a however yeah. you want to call it um in in terms of my favorite albums and then in utero if it's it's great it's a great album too so there's no real problem with nirvana it's just i find myself never listening to them nowadays right and i didn't listen to them a lot then i just don't listen to them now but if you go back and listen to unplugged it's a phenomenal phenomenal album um the artists that are in there you know, if you think about, and, and I think we have to remind people how amazing of an artist Dave Grohl is. Yeah. Because he shreds on the drums, but now he fronts one of the most popular bands from the last 20 years. Easily. And he's a, a great collection of talent and brain and musical knowledge. And in this whole segment, in terms of Nirvana, you 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 focus so much on Kurt Cobain that you lose a lot of the other people that are in this, uh, Pat smears in the unplugged video and album. And he is also now on the Foo Fighters with Dave Grohl. So there's just a lot of great artists, great sound, great talent. And that's the one I picked because I like that song. Novichelic. They actually apparently get together every once in a while and play Nirvana stuff. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I listened to the I didn't listen to I like you said I didn't listen to after that period of time a lot of their stuff but I would listen to the Unplugged album over and over because it was just that good having the Meat Puppets come in at that one point was just so cool uh, a band that a lot of people didn't listen to and it was just a tragedy because they were excellent as well but yeah when you said in Incesticide that's one thing that really bugs me, and this is a site that has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about the entire night, is that I own that album, but I haven't like put it on a, like a digital format, so I'll just listen to it from my streaming service, but I can't, because that one album on Nirvana, half the songs aren't available to stream from it, so I can even listen to the whole album. Yeah. And I don't know why the streaming platforms do that, but I don't know. I might have it on a digital format, just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just need to go burn it. I'm... Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to go back to another classic band for my number three pick. Another band that a lot of people may not realize that several of their hits uh, were actually covers. Um, and I had I had a hard time picking between which one because there were two really strong candidates uh, for excellent covers that this band did. But I'm going to go with Led Zeppelin. And I'm going to choose Dazed and Confused, which was originally a song by Jake Holmes. Um, and the other one I thought about was uh, Nobody's Fault But Mine, which was originally by Blind Willie Johnson. Um, man, the the story specifically with how this song ended up in Led Zeppelin, <laughs> it's really kind of interesting. If you get a chance to look into it, it, it kind of migrated in, in, a, in a weird pattern and 
Page just kind of took it with him, and it resulted in some uh, lawsuit. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, that song is so good. It's just, if you if you have a bad breakup, uh, it's, it's a great bad breakup song. Yeah, the intro on it is so just, you have the, the belting of the lyrics, and then just the real mellow tones of the rest of the song to kind of get you interested in like like what am I gonna what am I gonna be hearing here? And of yeah. course he can sing really well too. So Yes, yes he can. All right, we are to the penultimate uh item on our lists. After this we'll do our, our special uh uh special choices that didn't quite make it. But what is your number two? So my next two are they're just too easy. They're not too deep, uh, but they're just really good songs. So I have Eric Clapton on here. Eric Clapton's done a lot of really good covers. Yeah. Um, but I've got I Shot the Sheriff and Bob Marley. And I feel like by Bob Marley is what I should say, and the Melody Makers. But uh, that song, I just feel there's a, there's a lot of Eric Clapton that people know and recognize, and that's one of them. But the song, how he performs it is really good and of course when you think of bob marley you think of a traditional reggae style right and i feel like the integration of it into like the rock and roll world is done really well you don't totally eliminate the reggae feeling to it but you you've gotten a a nice rock song with hints of that going on as well yeah it's definitely got a good blend um clapton is uh has had a very storied career um even if he's had some some trials and tribulations over it he's uh if you can step away from some of the things that have happened some things that he said just as a musician straight musician he's been pretty excellent um as a guitarist, uh, many think he's the cream of the crop. Ah, ah. Uh, that was almost a, as slow a pitch as you could. You almost, well, I was going to go with slow hand, but you know it's late. I don't have a good joke for it. So <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, it was too much of a stretch, and I, I'm not putting that amount of effort into it at the moment. Uh, <laughs> so my number two. Um, was originally a Tears for Fears song. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mad World by Gary Jules and Michael Andrews. Mm. That uh, uh, The original Tears for Fears song was good uh, to, to begin with, and it was just, I always really liked it. And it had kind of a slightly sad tint, but it's very synth and very 80s. I mean, it was like quintessential 80s. Uh, but the muted version that he did is just so eerie. I mean, it got co-opted by a, a video game, if I remember correctly, because it it had that emotional impact. And it's like, oh, that's exactly the feeling that we want people to have for this. Uh, it was uh, on the Darnie, uh, Darnie? It's on the Donnie Darko soundtrack as well, if you were a fan of that particular film. Um, yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal song. So... Before YouTube and the digital era became a thing, before 
video games were quite to the level of what they were now, there was that trailer for the original Gears of War. Yeah. And I must say I watched that trailer a hundred times because of that song. Yeah. So if you if you haven't seen it and you know like, oh I've played Gears of War twenty. That's that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Go to the original Gears of War and watch the trailer and you'll hear the song playing over uh Marcus Phoenix running and gunning and then just like coming to an end where he's like, I've done all this and now this is what I've got to face. Oh my gosh. So it just it's really well yeah. the song is awesome itself, but that you're right, that commercial just it's it exudes a feeling for yeah. sure. Definitely does. On to a few honorable mentions. Um, uh, like we mentioned earlier, there are so many good cover songs. Uh, there's just no way to uh, cram everything in. Uh, but let's let's just do a handful of what you think are some some that you just couldn't quite fit into a top ten. I originally had this on my list, and it got removed in the final moments. Uh, I have a Motley Crue song, "Smoking in the Boys' Room," uh, "Loggins and Messina." So, uh, it's this Brownsville station. It may have been older than that. Hmm. Interesting. But we could do some research on that. I'll have to take a look at that because I remember hearing it as a, as a Loggins Messina song. Um, I have, uh, just like I said, a couple other ones here. I Fought the Law by The Clash. Right. Um, also, can't even read what I wrote here. That's why you should type things instead of scribble things. <laughs> Bobby Fuller something or other. I'm not sure who the original one i love rock and roll joan jet and the black hearts yeah that's on a lot of people's lists um killing me softly by the fugees yep that's on my honorable mention list um there's twist and shout i've got another uh, eric clapton song cocaine yep um kiss is not kiss can be a very divisive band in terms of their people what what their skill and talent level is and their songwriting but they have a cover of New York Groove, and I think that one's just like a funny, off-tempo song, and oh. it's a nice little cover. Um, now, uh, another Rage Against the Machine song I put on here was The Ghost of Tom Joad, which is a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, that's a surprising cover. That's a good one. And the last one is from a person who's not in a good light maybe right now, and in the past, people not really enjoyed him as a person so much. So hmm. I have a Marilyn Manson song ah. on here. Um, the Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. It's, I don't know, it's good. I like it. Call me crazy. No, no, I, I, I get it. I, I get that because I've, I've never been a fan of his in terms of music. But that one song, that cover, it's like, oh, I see what you did there. That's that's a good take. That's a really good take on that song. Um, so yeah, he did like a, a cover of a cover. He did a version of "Tainted Love" too. Um, also, also a good one. I yeah. like that cover too. Yeah. So um, I had a few. Um, uh, "Valerie" by Mark Ronson and Amy Winehouse, uh, originally done by the Zootons. I love both versions of that song. Really, really good. Uh, "Tainted." Love was on my honorable mentions list, but not his version. Uh, Soft Cell is <laughs> the version that I like. Um, the uh, Imagine 
by A Perfect Circle, originally by John Lennon. That flips that song on its head. It's fantastic. Um, uh, the Pot by Brass Against, originally by Tool. I thought they did great with that. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to leave this one off because I think it's your number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Proud Mary by Ike and Tina Turner, uh, originally by Credence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they but they did it way better. Um, What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding by Elvis Costello, uh, originally by Nick Lowe. Um, it's my life, no doubt, originally by Talk Talk. Um, La Bamba, Lo- Los Lobos, originally by Richie Valens. Uh, dedicated to the one I love, Mamas and the Papas, originally by the Shirelles. Um, there is a cover of Bulls on Parade by Denzel Curry, who I'd never heard before, and I'd seen it on a couple people's lists. And I okay, I gotta listen to this. So it's, it's really, really good. It's like, well, what's he gonna do? Because he doesn't have Tom Morello on guitar. That's a really difficult solo to replicate or do. He fills it in with his own verses, and it works. It's it's really solid. Um, Smooth Criminal, Alien Ant Farm. Uh, and that's really funny because like that's the only song anybody ever knows them by but it's really really it's it's not better than the original but you know what it's pretty, pretty darn nice. good um they also did uh, at the movies was one of their other big ones that i really love but uh land of confusion by disturbed originally by genesis um kiss me by newfound glory originally by sixpence none the richer um and uh this last one, just to annoy my wife, uh, Somebody Told Me by Richard Cheese, uh, originally by The Killers, just because she really dislikes that version of the song, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> he does a lot of uh, nice covers for yeah. for songs in his own swinging, sexy way. Yes, yes, he does. I, I, that is a gentleman I would love to meet at some point. Uh, he, he's got a lot of talent, uh, whether you want to necessarily admit it. And I think I mentioned before, um, Primus has done a lot of covers and Les Claypool's done a lot of covers, but I just couldn't find it. My favorite band, my favorite artist, I just couldn't find a cover song that was like, yeah, this pops more yeah. than the others on this list. So, All right. Drum roll number one, Richard. Uh, Limp Biscuit. Uh, Smack. We've mentioned that one a lot. We've been talking about it. <laughs> uh, yes, this, I think this one's probably on your list. And this is an easy one, but it's too good. So right. I ha- I have on here uh, Jimi Hendrix, and I have um, All Along the Watchtower, yeah. which is, of course, a cover by Mr. Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's hard not to love that song. It's Bob Dylan is a it was just a heck of a writer when it came to it. Even if I didn't want to hear him sing after a certain point, his his songwriting skills are second to none. And to take just a, a master guitarist like Hendrix and have him do a take on it, jeez, oh, Pete. A lot of soundtracks that that's on, too. It's a very yeah. good, such a good version of a song. And it has that just power. I wonder if Jimmy was alive, if he would have that be on... I, I, as on so many soundtracks or in so many pieces of movies as what it is now. I have a feeling that somebody is still getting paid for this. Oh yeah. So. But if he, if he was alive, if he would give the permissions for that. 
Hard to say. Uh, whenever you have a guy that likes to uh, set his guitar on fire, it's it's a little difficult to read intention and <laughs> predict behavior. Yeah, strong possibility. Now, I, I will say the artist that I have seen the most in concert is Bob Dylan. And not because Bob Dylan is my favorite artist. He was the most available, let's mm. say, in terms of getting a ticket, getting good seats, for the at, at reasonable prices and always in the area. So a lot of the big bands that you go on tour, you know, a lot of times they won't come close to us or you got to drive to right far away to get it and he always performed really close to yeah. where we were at. So I went a lot. All right. So I've got one more. Let's see. Can you guess at least the performer of of my number one cover song? Hmm. No. Oh, okay. Chris Cornell, Billie Jean, originally by Michael Jackson. Oh. That, uh, again, I like interpretations of songs that completely change the tone, completely give a new interpretation of, of how to how to kind of feel about the music. And, man, his version of that song is really different than than michael jackson's and they're both of course i mean it's a phenomenal song to begin with but it's just amazing it was so good that another reality television show had somebody do a version of his version of the song and for like a month straight people say oh it's this guy's version it's like no he changed nothing from chris cornell's version of the song he just repeated it (laughs) like inflection for inflection that's his version of the song and it, uh, that one got under my skin just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, it is so good. It's on his first solo album after Soundgarden. Um, he's done a few covers, maybe not released in terms of on an album, but in a studio with a camera and a mic. So, uh, oh, yeah. I think he was on Howard Stern and did, wasn't it like uh, Nothing Compares? I don't know if that was Howard Stern, but he did Nothing Compares to You by Prince. Yeah, that one was super good because he had string accompaniment on that particular. I think so. Um, Soundgarden did a great Beatles cover, Come Together. That was just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, still, this one is better than either of those by far. It's it's really good. From, you know, arguably one of our most favorite artists of all time. Absolutely. But, of course, we would love to know what you think. Just like we said earlier, drop us a line on uh, Facebook or on Instagram or on uh, Twitter. Uh, we are not on uh, TikTok. Uh, probably will not be on TikTok. Nope. Uh, we do not dance, uh, much like Phil Collins would say repeatedly in the late 80s. You, uh, you do have the setup, so you could do TikTok <laughs> if you really wanted to. <laughs> I, do, I do have the setup, but not the coordination. Uh, but... I tell you what, next week we have a fantastic interview coming with actress Laura Nimi. Um, I, I really hope you t- get the chance to take advantage of uh, uh, an excellent conversation uh, with somebody that's been in uh, the industry for a while, has been on stage, been on screen, has her own theater company. Really, really cool lady. Uh, you should definitely check that out. But until next time, stay cool, be awesome. 